and we're live episode three of the oddest couple truly the oddest couple on the block um i'm felix savine with my uh i almost said partner in crime i can't father. say that. No, but, <laughs> father but i was i can't say partner in crime because then the fbi might be watching us. yeah that's yeah that's a tough one if they um, are high <laughs> <laughs> um episode three of the oddest couple um if you haven't watched episodes one and two I think they're very good, personally. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you the truth, because it's just us talking yeah. natural. Yeah. Um, episodes one and two, if you missed them, watch them here on our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Comment on the video. Like. All that good stuff. You know, I'm always corny. curious of comments. Yeah. That, well, from the normal people. From <laughs> because you always got the whack jobs. Write us, write us on, uh, on Instagram. Um, we're going to be posting short clips, short YouTube shorts, reels on Instagram, TikTok clips, a lot of different content that we didn't do when we were doing our show a couple years ago. For people who remember us from that show, uh, we're back. For people who are just finding out about us now, welcome um, to the John and Felix experience. Um, yeah, so we're going to be posting everything, all the video versions on YouTube, the shorts, all the short form content everywhere. You're going to be seeing a lot of us. You'll get really annoyed by the end of it. Um, if you're listening to this right now, make sure that you subscribe on whether it's Spotify, Apple, etc. Subscribe, like, review, all that good stuff. Um, follow this man on Instagram at John A. Light. Uh, for me on Instagram at Felix.Levine. Anyways, all that housekeeping out the way. Today, wanted to talk more about... Um, really Angie. <laughs> no. I spoke to Angie the other really? day, by the way. Shut she's gonna come on. Angie is uh she's dear to us. We had her on a long time ago. Very sexy Dominican woman. <laughs> you gotta be careful. Well, you can't you say that. Like, why? Because then the other, the other girls are gonna get jealous. Oh. But and and intelligent. <laughs> she, and my friend. Yeah, say and that she first. Got a great personality. Say say the great personality and intelligence first. I can't because people are gonna look at her and say, Man, she's sexy. Then they'll see oh, that she's true. intelligent. Okay. Angie, right, Angie, Angie, she knows. You know, we, we love you. Yeah, she's a she's a lovely individual. Um, we had her on our show a couple years ago, and uh, yeah, very smart, very uh, very successful. Um, great mom, great mom, yeah. uh, for sure. So, anyways, no, we're not talking about Angie today. We're talking about right. getting. Look, <laughs> he got all excited. Now he's disappointed. Um, really diving deep into the psychology of. In a lot of ways, and I always find this interesting whenever I think about you and your story, is how you're able to justify what you did and also really now on the day-to-day, -day, like, live with yourself. And, you know, like, you know I love you, but even for, for people that are new or that don't know our dynamic, like, you know, it's, it's understandable why some people would have a lot of reservations about you, right? Or they would say that how could this guy live with himself? How could he be in front of a camera right now? How could he do any of this? And I think... I have my answers for it, but I I want to spend today really kind of going into that and how how you're able, and not just because of the work that you do with kids, but like, you know, how you're able to justify what you did. <laughs> I don't know if you can. Uh, listen, I was very aggressive guy since I'm a kid. Five years old, Rich Haven, right? It was a baseball league. Yeah. I was in a farm team, you know, as a five-year-old. After the parade, you'd go out, you get boosters, and you have to sell them, right? Since I'm five, I Not would win. Boosters. I'd win every year selling them because I wanted to be 
number one. I wanted the prize. I wanted to be the winner. You didn't like that joke? The not COVID boosters? Oh, not COVID. I didn't hear you. <laughs> Just because I know you're a big COVID guy. Um, sorry, go ahead. Not COVID boosters. <laughs> and uh, so I was always wanted to be on top and win. It was a drive. So it's no different than now. I want to be able to come back from what I did and overcome it. Yeah, but what, so what would your metric be? How do you, how do you measure if you overcame it? By the people I'm helping. Mm. You know, and you, you can't overcome things by just making yourself successful. Is there anything that you can't l live with yourself with on a daily basis of a crime that you committed? That you like really like, man, I really, I really should not have done that. It's okay if you say no. I don't think it's one crime. I think it's some of some of the things like like I've talked about this before. Uh, the Keegan brothers, they were, lived around the corner from me, and they were nice kids. I mean, they were wild, too. They weren't innocent kids, don't get me wrong. I mean, they hurt guys, too. They did some things. and But overall, they were just regular neighborhood kids. They were friendly with me. And I, I baseball batted one over Joe Kane, who I spoke about, who got killed during prison and in, in Keene Prison and Kane uh, Prison. And uh, he wasn't a nice guy. So those things bother me that I made some bad decisions. And I try to reach out to them and whatever, they don't accept it and I get it. And it's, you know, you're going back 20 years, 30 years, but still, it still bothers me. Cause I'm like, man, you made some poor choices sometimes. What do you think is the worst choice you ever made? Other than like joining the mob? I was just going to say, that's got to be the worst choice, staying in the street, you know, is is the worst choice. When did you actually feel like that was a bad choice? Uh, probably right after Gotti Sr. went to prison. Oh, really? Yeah, that soon. How many, how old are you then? When did he go? By then, he went in uh, 91, 90, end of 99. So you're like what? So then I'm about 26 or something like that. Is that, when did he die? 28. No, he died in the 2000, I think 2003 or something, or one or something like that. So that was the first time you went in? Or he? Oh, no, I was in before. Oh, no, him, him? Him? No, no, he was in prior to that. And he was in the 70s. He was did away. he ever do any like long time? No, nothing serious until the life sentence and mm -hmm. he died. Right. So he cheated him out of that too. So yeah, um, he didn't really do much because he did. He, he died in about. How many years he went total? in ninety one. About ten years he did there, and before that he did three in Lewisburg, and uh, before that he did little things, a couple months, and nothing serious. So it was when he went in in ninety one that you felt like, oh, this was a mistake. Well, you started to see the, you know, because you're getting older, um, violent, um, doing a lot of work, meaning. Yeah. Uh, violence. And I'm starting to see most of the guys uh, weak, uh, not earners, not intelligent, uh, sellouts. Uh, you know, you start seeing all the real thing about the life. Yeah. You know, they're just uh, not real friends. Just it's about a dollar bill. It's about guys strapping on to you, hanging on to you because mm -hmm. they need you for the muscle. They need you for money. They're not intelligent to make their own. And then I'm like, where am I in this world? And then you start seeing the nepotism and different things that are going on. And you start waking up and saying, man, this was a bad choice. 
but there's no turning back. You're in it. Yeah, it's... uh. What do you think when you realize, like, there's no turning back? In a Bronx tale, there was a line that says, what a waste of talent. There's nothing yeah. like a waste of talent. And I was talented. You know, and you look back, and it's not me saying it in a, a, a no. you know, in a bragging way. It's just I was talented. I was able to overcome things and do things that others couldn't do. I was aggressive. So... You know, I'd get on a bicycle. I said this when I was a kid, I, and I wasn't coordinated well. And I'd work at it, and I'd become very good at it. Boxing, same thing. I'd get in a ring. I'd get hit a lot and just kept coming forward. And then I learned to move, and I, I learned to, to dance good and to, you know, develop. I was a slow beginner, but I always developed. So when I looked at I made this choice, and I'm like, why didn't I do something that was something that was good? Right. You know, and uh, whatever, become a lawyer, politician, even though that's not good. They're worse than games. There's a lot yeah. of them. But you know what I mean? It's something that's respected in, in, right. a, in a good way. Did you ever have an answer to that? I'm the hardest judge of myself than a judge, you know, myself than anybody else. Did you, did you ever feel, did you ever tell yourself like, damn, I'm a scumbag? Of course. When do you think the first time you ever told yourself that you were a scumbag was? The last time was about an hour ago. <laughs> what about the first uh, time? Probably the first time I hit somebody with a bat. When I was for George Gaddy, when I was a kid. I felt guilty even though like I did it. I wanted to do it. But I remember when that guy opened the door, he thought I was just a... Remember I was talking about on the other show about a young guy? And George sent me to, to do it. Right. And I could have brought somebody with me. I didn't. And he opened the door and he was cocky because he seen it was me and he didn't realize what I was going to do. And I just batted away for a while because he owed George money. And then afterwards I left and I'm like, man, because he was screaming. The guy was screaming and he had no real mercy. And I'm just like, well, you know. And then you realize you just prostituted yourself out for a, for a couple of bucks. And then that never stopped. You know, you just kept doing it because it's, you know. Do you feel like in a lot of ways, like you, for lack of a better word, like you broke the seal. So then once you were in, it was like, once you, like once you got over that and you already felt like a scumbag, you're like, I, I already feel like this. Might as well just keep going. Yeah, you keep, and, you, and you're buying into the fact that you're getting popular and. Uh, money. and Money and you're being feared and everybody's talking about you and uh, money. Hmm. And that's it, money. And um, you learn to ignore those things and to move on. And when you first go out and you buy yourself a new Lincoln in those days and then a new Caddy and then a Corvette convertible and then an apartment and another apartment and, you know, you just, now you're in. And you're, you're like, okay, not only can you not live without the money, but your bills need that money yeah. because you're living to an excess of yeah yeah and no matter how much you're making you live you keep going for more right yeah it's uh it's a vicious cycle well people wonder like you see ball players making millions and later on they're broke people are like how can they be broke they yeah. made millions because they're living way above yeah and spending you don't buy a pair of shoes for a hundred dollars anymore you spend the 500 a thousand 
I used to buy those Maglias that uh, O.J. Simpson used to wear. I used to buy those back in the day. And I don't remember what they were back then, but they were up there. They were like 400 a pair. You know? Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a weird one, too. I think... When I think about your situation, too, I think it's interesting because you... I, if you look at, like, the life arc... You did like the opposite. You you did like the opposite American dream. You went from like the highest high to to, to the complete of need, to coming back down and needing to work like a normal human, and that's almost harder too, especially when you have ego, you know, because like at that at that point in time you're thinking you're the shit, you know. And well, everybody convinced you you are. <laughs> yeah, people in public they see you, and you got to remember, I went from having an estate that's worth millions with baseball cages and boxing rings and gyms to you know lakes and then i lived in a brazil penitentiary literally in the basement on the floor in cement full of shit you know from all the piping you're going to the bathroom in a in the ground not in a toilet and then you're coming home uh and taking off doors to a closet and you're living in a walk-in closet on a cot Imagine that transition. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tricky one. You're almost saying to yourself, I'd rather go back to jail. Yeah, because you at least know. You're not, you, you're saying, where do I start again? Yeah. Yeah, that's the hard, I think that's got to be the hardest question that a lot of people that have been to jail, and even on my own show when I had um, uh, the other day, the Fire Festival guy I was telling you about a little bit on the phone, um, he he owes twenty six million dollars in restitution. He's thirty one years old. Oh, you told me about him. Yeah, yeah. the fire festival. Yes. Um, and when I'm talking to him, it's like I think even for him, and he has honestly credit to him. He's got a good outlook on it. Where it's almost like if I were him, I'd be like, where do I even start? Twenty six million. That's like you got to go over like if you're looking at like a number line, you got to go. You're you're starting at negative twenty six to get back to zero, and then then it's like then you have money to yourself. But here's the thing: if he's anything like me, which he is, because he made money, uh, you challenge yourself, and that challenge actually pushes you even harder, right, to be successful again. And I think too, it's like look, if you're looking at like the odds of him ever paying back $26 million total, pretty low, right? Unless you hit a big success. Um, but I think what's interesting about him and you, and that's why, honestly, I kind of want you guys to meet, which is, it'll be funny when you do, um, is that I think now he has such an appreciation for life and that, you know, he might, he might, I hate to say it like this, he might die still paying back that restitution, right? Which is probably likely. Um, but I think that he now appreciates living humbly and, and, and like living again. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, if there's any silver lining or any, any win you can get in life, it's, it's that. Well, you're going to humble yourself. Like when I came home, I started driving a guy around. I was his driver, making a thousand a week as his driver, getting up at five in the morning getting home at 5 in the afternoon, uh, opening doors, and you say to yourself, oh, 
Yeah. You know, you, you want to live, you got to do something. Then I went from that to cleaning apartments. Well, not cleaning them myself, but managing and putting guys that uh, left. Uh, guys, he had about 200 units. So I'd oversee that. And then I went from that to construction sites to starting to be successful again. And uh, I think that's what a lot of people see in me now. I mean, you got people that look at me because of my past and, you know, they like that world or whatever, you know. But that's not what I ask people to look at. I look, I, I came from nothing. I became very successful. I lost everything and I became successful again. So I think it's the, the drive and doing it the right way this time is the uh, motivation that I talk to people about. But how do you, on a, like a personal level, calculate? Like, what's the equation in your mind of money to freedom, like ratio, right? Because like now say, I don't know, I'm just throwing out arbitrary numbers. Say you make $5,000 a month, right? But you're free and you're not, you don't have the stresses. Well, you don't have the stresses of the life that you had before. Back in the day, you were making $50,000 a month. Say, I mean, I know it's more, but whatever, right? Is there, is there any dollar figure that makes any of it worth it then or worth it now? If that makes sense. Like, no, it makes sense because this is a, like me putting a gun on a table, putting a bullet in it, Russia roulette, spin it, tell a guy, here, put that to your head and I'll give you 10 million. And if it doesn't go off, you're good. Here's ten million, and if it does go off, is it worth it? Yeah. Is anybody gonna say that ten million is worth? I have a bullet. In that head. bullet. It's just not, and you know, and I'll tell you what'll happen. For everybody that's puts that gun to his head, they're gonna end up dead. Right, and wake them up if we could like in the movies where they get another chance and say, now that you're dead, would you ever do that again? Yeah. And they're all going to say no, of course, because they died. Mm -hmm. But the problem is you never get to wake them up. And the same thing with the guys that are going to jails. They, every, it's very easy for somebody to say, I'll do that 10 years. I'll do that 12 years. I've heard guys say it all day because they only got two or three years. And I, I'm saying only, and it's not only. So the people that went to jail for a year or two years, it's a year out of your life. It's a lot. Right. But when you do two or three and you go, I can do the 15 or 20, you don't know that because you didn't do it yet. Right. It's easy to say that from a warm seat yeah. or it's easy to say that from, you know, you're on the street and you're hustling and I don't care until it comes down to it and then put the, the rest of the factors in. I don't know how many people I know that said, oh, I'll do the five. They got in trouble. But they didn't know they were going to get hit with another case during that five. So you're taking the plea for the five or you're fighting it, and here comes the next case. Because all those friends, you thought your friends, are giving information against you. So now it's not five anymore. You got the five, and now they're hitting you with another one. Let's see what you're made of now. Yeah. And then the guys that do 15 or 20, they come home, and people think, well, oh, this guy's a stand-up guy. He did 15 years. Oh, Really? Let's see if he gets hit with another case if he wants to go back. Because I've seen a lot of that, too. They don't want to go back anymore. And jail's a young man's game. Really? The old is difficult. You're old. 
you need medicines, you're sick, you can't, you're not that same guy anymore to handle the young guys. You don't get the same respect from the young guys. It's just, it's a young man's game. That's it. Anybody that's been to prison knows that. You know, the old heads are respected in different ways, but they're not running anything. Is your biggest fear going back to jail? I don't have a fear of that because I don't do anything that I would go back to jail right, for. Right. But if it was somebody in that position, I would say, unless you have no, no, you don't like yourself at all. This is what I always talk about. There's a lot of guys, I'll use the word, not dislike, but hate. I hate them, right? But I don't hate them enough to hurt them or kill them because I love myself better. Yeah. So I tell you, I tell this, you heard me say this plenty of times. Like yourself more than you hate somebody else. Because when you look in the mirror, say, I'm worth something. Yeah. So every time some idiot opens their mouth, my old self didn't care about myself, so I'd go kill that guy or hurt that guy. My new self says, I'm not stupid anymore. I care more about me than my ego, so you could talk all you want. I'm just going to enjoy my life. When you were young, did you, did you think you were going to be around when you were 60? No. You knew you were going to die at some point. I didn't care. That's the part. Like, you know, a lot of guys fake it. Yeah. And I always knew when guys are faking it by the way they did things with me. Like when I was in California, I told that. I was with a guy, Bob, who's still around, was a friend of mine. And another guy who was my, my aunt and uncle, got married, my uncle actually married a woman, became my aunt. Her nephew was with me and a guy's, we had a fight, a guy put a gun on me, I didn't care. I went after him, pulled the trigger, didn't go off. But what moron goes after a guy who has a gun on his face? My friend Mikey Merlo did it, and he got shot with a shotgun chasing the guy who had the shotgun. He had no gun, and he died. They blew his head off. And if Mike could ever take that back, he would, obviously. But when we don't have regard for our lives like we did when mm -hmm. we were growing up, we do stupid things. I got regard for my life now. Yeah, I think, I think too, it's interesting is like, It sounds like when you were young, you you really always had to like prove yourself or you felt like you did, which comes from a place of insecurity, right? 100%. I went to an MMA thing the other day in Philadelphia, and I was with Sam Morpizium, who was running for city council. Ex-pro fighter, tough, good father, does the right thing. He's all over the street helping kids. He's running for office. And he introduced me to some of his friends. All tough guys, getting a ring, fighting some really good fighters. But when you talk to them, they're so soft-spoken and gentlemen because they're secure with themselves. They're not criminals, they're fighters. They go out in the ring, they fight, they go home with their girlfriends. And if you look at some of them, some of them were big guys, some of them weren't. But if you look at them, you'd say, well, he don't look like nothing. Mm -hmm. But the insecure guy's judging the guy that doesn't look like nothing. The guy that's been all over the street, Somebody like myself in prisons, you never judge a book by its cover. Right. And don't think because a guy's humble and polite that he's not tough. But they're fighting in the ring for money. When you go out in the street, I can bring you 20 guys. Maybe you'll beat 18 and you're going to lose to two. But what are you proving? You're in the street. We ain't getting anything for that. What point do you think that you as a human became less insecure? Was it jail? Uh, reality of life, you know, like anything else, you learn from experience. 
And I think as I seen true people in jail, on the street, through life, gentlemen, I meet women and men every day, right? And I change my life. But I can tell sometimes when I meet them, the way they back off from me, they're intimidated because they say to themselves, oh, I'm not getting involved with this nut. Oh, he seems nice, but why do I need this guy near my life? I don't know him. What happens if a switch goes off? Eh, other people see me with this guy. You know, it's not a good thing. You know, it depends on the individual. Like, you know, I stay with the doctor and he tells everybody, I don't care what he used to do. I know him now for the last six years. And I judge him by how I know him now. So you're going to have people like him and you're going to have people on the other side that say, well, I don't know this guy, I don't need this in my life and I don't want him in my life. And it, and it hurts because even me, I don't like to tell people exactly about my past because they judge it. I'd rather, you know, if they know about my movies and my books and my talks at schools and they don't know exactly what it's about, they just know that I, I work with kids, that's fine. But when they hear the old stuff... They it bothers you? Me. Yeah, it bothers me because I don't want to tell them until they know me. Mm. When they know me, then they'll say, okay, I know the guy. But in a lot of ways, like, like how, when you meet somebody new, how do you introduce yourself? Or if they're like, oh, what do you do? <laughs> but now I, I just tell them, you know, I, I work with, uh, I do some TV shows and, you know, I work with kids. But when they ask you, like, why? They, well, if they ask me specifically, I usually say, you know, documentaries, uh crime shows i don't still don't say you, you know? just wait for them to figure it out yeah if they figure it out if they don't i mean you know you know i'm always with Your my cards. social media and cards and you know people will follow you and then as soon as they find out it's you they don't follow you and then you you know it, it, it you know it's it hurts yeah you know I, I can't say it doesn't you know because you're just trying to be friendly and you're trying to you know build up your social media for what you do for kids and and they prejudge you you know, a lot of people, the, everything about a lot of people is about money and finance. So you know, through life, when I was younger, they would think they're better than you because they're financially right. up the ladder from you. Mm -hmm. And this is why I understand the inner city kids, because I know how they feel because I felt that way. You feel like they think they're better because they're doing better than you financially. And that's not true. So we got to teach the kids, they ain't better than you because they got more money in their pocket. I used to have more money in my pocket than most executives. Yeah. I wasn't better than them. I was doing bad things. But at that time, you thought you were better than them. I did. Just like the kids from our neighborhood do. That's why they're all hustling to make money. Because they want to feel better about themselves, but they're going about it the wrong way like I did. Is there any part of you that... Like, do you feel embarrassed about what you did? Yeah. If what, I'm with good people, the whole, everything. I bet I was a criminal. It's not nothing to be proud of. So I'm sitting at a table with some nice people and they, you know, they just see me and they don't know me. And they say, well, the guy dresses well. He carries himself well. He doesn't curse. He doesn't, I don't act like a dummy. I just, and they're like, oh, he's a nice guy. And then if I walk away and somebody says, you know, this guy used to do this and this and this. And they're going to look at you different, even if they try not to. Mm. They don't know you. And they're like, I don't want this guy near me. You know, why would I want him near me? I'm sitting with respectable people and you know it's just part of it i you know i gotta you know and and my answer to people is if they ask me is well i'm uh 15 20 years removed from that yeah 
you know, this is, you know, the last time I was in any kind of crime is in jail in Brazil because out of survival. And that was 2005, six. Uh, and since then, you know, I, I live a different life. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one because I think some of the embarrassment people can relate to, but a lot of it they can't. What do you think is the most relatable thing about you? Human nature. I think everybody understands that you can have anybody like an O.J. Simpson that was a well-respected Heisman Trophy, pro ball player, movie actor, commercial, and all of a sudden one thing happened in his life out of infatuation, love, whatever, and couldn't control himself, whether he did it or didn't do it. I mean, everybody has their opinion on that. He did it, he did it. I'm not going to say that. And I was such a big O.J. Simpson fan. But, you know, seriously, it's such a terrible crime. Uh, Hold on, pause. As a criminal, as a former criminal, you know he did it, 100%. Like, it's obvious. If the glove don't fit, you have to quit. So here's what I think. I don't believe he did that by himself. I never did. Oh, really? Yeah. I never believed that. What do you think? So, okay, in your eyes, as a former criminal who did things like this for a living, what do you think happened? Somebody very close to him helped him. That's what I think. Like, give me, like, some specifics. Come on, now that we're here. Well, because murder's never forgotten. So, uh, you know, and I hate to say call somebody or, or accuse somebody of that off the air, I'll tell you. Because if he had nothing to do with it, I shouldn't say that he, he did or even suggest it. Because it's a terrible thing to suggest because such a heinous crime. Right. Yeah. Okay, fine. Fuck. I, gotta I tried, guys. I, gotta I tried. Respect it. I tried. I got to respect who I believe. I, <laughs> I've always believed yeah. this in my heart. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a... Uh, Timelines very difficult if you watch that case, and I used to watch it every day. And uh, Furman, the, the cop, the detective, screwed up because he lied a lot, and yeah. he was racist. He can say anything he yeah, wants. Yeah, yeah. And I don't say that. You know that about a lot of people. If I don't believe they're racist, but I believed he was racist. Yeah, interesting. And jealous of, of OJ, OJ, which yeah. hurt also the case. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, I don't even think I've ever asked you that, like what your thoughts on on the OJ. I just case. watched the Murdoch case. Right? Oh, yeah. And I believe he's guilty, right, from everything I watched. But honestly, he shouldn't have been convicted. There's no evidence. Just because right. he's a liar doesn't make him a killer. Right. There's no blood anywhere. There's no, there's nothing. If you really follow the evidential. Do you, do when you see cases like this or even like, fuck, what's the other one that happened recently? Oh, my God. You remember that guy in, in Iowa? Idaho, Brian Goldberger. They killed the kids? Yeah. I hate that guy. Yeah, well, yeah. But do you ever, like, put your... I mean, and that's that's very different because those are, like... I know people don't... There's not, like, one murder that's better than the other. That's, like, sick. It's not, like, mafia where, like, someone's killing I got you. big interest in these cases. Like, when I do watch you, But him, do you think about them from a perspective of somebody who's... At least from an objective standpoint, you've committed similar acts. Not that you would ever... Like, very, very different from many, many levels. But like, do you ever think about putting yourself, do you put yourself in those positions? Or even like a Ted Bundy or some of these notorious killers, you ever think about them from? I, I think about the guy that was killing these kids 
right? And this is my true thinking. And I, I mean, a therapist, a psychologist would analyze this. And I think I wish I was there to shoot this guy in the head yeah. while he comes in to kill these kids. Because yeah. they're so innocent. The problem with kids are, and girls, a lot of these girls are so young and so innocent, and they don't realize the way they look, their bodies, and guys that are sick, it's enticing. Yeah. So when they're just innocently putting pictures out, I'm really against this, the way they do in bikinis and turning around and this and that. There's so many guys uh, that are nuts that you don't know if they, you know, what, I don't know the why he did this. If he was so infatuated with one of the girls, I know he was one of them were targeted, the rest get killed. But they don't realize they're drinking they they're just too innocent to understand. This is how fast you can lose your life. Yeah, you you gotta be well, more. It's hard though. Like it's hard because I, I. You remember the girl that got killed in Aruba with her, her classmates? I mean, it's years I ago. Remember. And they 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 killed the girl and they they I think it was three guys, but the one gets convicted yeah, of horrible it. stuff in between. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean the the hard part, and I, and I understand like you know because there's there's women out there that might be listening that are like. It's not our, and it, I think it's a very valid argument. It's not a woman's responsibility to act or do a certain way because there's sick men out there, right? And I actually fully agree with that. Like, if 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 a girl wants to post uh, a photo of herself in a bikini, that that's her. But I'm I'm actually completely opposite. I'm not in agreement with that. Not because it's her fault. It's for her safety, for herself to well, protect right. herself. Yeah, but you, you can't stop sick people. And if you do that. You're exposing yourself, even though you're not wrong. Right, it doesn't, right. you know what? It doesn't matter who's wrong or right. It's your safety of your life. That I agree, but I, but I would make the argument that they're 100 percent right. But the problem is, no, I, they're gonna get. They're putting themselves I think, in danger. I mean, my and this is, this is interesting. Like, I, I agree that life is an. It's a numbers game, right? So if you if you take certain risks, then you're you you might open yourself up to other certain risks, right? Like you might open yourself up to a probability of even if it's a one in ten million, and you do X, Y, or Z, and it now puts you at one in one million, there's still a risk associated. I think it's just I understand I understand your point, but I also understand like I don't know, man. You know, like horrible things happen regardless. Well, here's how I say it, and I want the girls to to write in on this. There's so many beautiful women out in every country, every neighborhood, every city, and if you go on Instagram for say. Right, and you put in the, the uh, magnifying when they it takes you, and you see girl after girl dressed less and less, right, doing videos, and they're doing things bending over, whatever they're doing, right, and I understand they're proud of themselves, the way they look, their body, and they their should looks, be, and they should, a hundred percent, they should be, but some of what they're losing, in my opinion, is. You're beautiful, but show your personality and your intelligence also. But why can't they show both? They can. I, I do agree they should. So I've talked to different girls that are, you know, they're very big on Instagram and stuff. They write me and they talk about my page or they ask about theirs and they ask advice. And, go, you, know, you know, because you're in that genre. And I write them back the same thing. I understand you're making money. I understand you're, you're getting attention and this is how you're earning money from your looks. And that's great. There's a lot of beautiful models, and that's how they make a great living. But now that you have people's attention, use your intelligence I see. for positive whatever else, whether it's to push uh, 
child safety. It's to push uh, don't use drugs. No, that I agree. That, that I wholeheartedly agree. I just think like if we're talking about specific cases where individuals like the guy in Idaho or whatever, even like Ted Bundy back, like there's, there's sick individuals and I don't think that whether or not somebody posts a bikini picture or whatever is making a difference because that those sick individuals that commit heinous acts of violence, that I think really comes down. Sometimes it's literally random, right? And it's like, it has nothing to do with social media most times. And it's like, it's, I mean, freak accidents happen in life and they're tragic. Accidents, and my dad told me this as a kid, are accidents, but you can bring those numbers up that, that's or right, down. Right, right. So here's the naive part. I was with a couple of friends, I'm always in Princeton. So I'm with a couple of friends who were in Princeton and we're walking in, there's a, a beautiful park there. And a girl goes in the park, this is in the fall last year, around 4, 4.30. And she's jogging through the woods, right? It's a path. And the time she's gonna come out, it's dark. Mm-hmm. I so see. I didn't wanna stop her. So she's almost at the end of the path coming back. And I stopped her. She was getting in her car and I said, hey, can I tell you something? Now she knew I was with a group of people, so she said, yeah. And I said, this is a beautiful area, right? I'm here for years. You think it's safe, but it only takes one guy yeah. to wait in the woods for you. That I agree with. You're, you're by yourself. You can't, you're tired. I don't care what kind of shape you're in because you're running this now right, six, right. seven miles, whatever you were running, because right. it's, a, it's a long run through the path. You know, and she was running a good hour. That was, so that's got to be about five miles, right? A guy dra- hits her over the head with something, drags her in the woods, rapes yeah, and yeah. kills her. All the bad stuff. You can't go in the woods, even though you're exercising. And even it's a sad truth, right? She, right. And the problem is people don't want the sad truth. They want to say, well, I can, because I should be able to. I should be able to dress in a bikini. I, you're right. Yeah. But your safety is the other point of this. That, that I agree with. So... The same, I, I think the same in Idaho, right? In a perfect world, that, well, not because the guy's nuts. In a perfect world, the door's open, right? He went through a glass door through one of the sliding doors, whatever he did. But it's not a perfect world. You got to unfortunately lock doors. You got to stay together when your girl's and you're out drinking and one's really drunk. It just no, happened to a girl recently. No, I know, and I feel bad because, you know, women already go through enough. So the fact that they then have to you know watch where they go or watch out at night but it's the it's the truth right it's like the same way that like for my my friends that are girls or whatever it is and you know you have to unfortunately take sometimes measures like i like i'll never let one of my one of my girlfriends like go like i always drive her back even if i have to take an extra 30 minutes right or like i make sure that she like walks in like there's small little things that you have to do and that's just unfortunately how guys it do it too guys do it too they exactly. take a water money they go somewhere and, you know, and they're whatever they want to show off or it's their money. They can do what they want. They want to get girls. They want to show off in front of friends. They're successful, whether in the rap game, whether whatever you're doing and you're showing that money. I don't know how many, how many rappers got killed now because yeah, people I are jealous. I know. So unfortunately it is your money. It is your jewelry. It yeah. is this. But if you want to risk your life and, and show it, it's not worth the yeah. risk of your life. Because you want to, you know, I'm a big guy. I, I, I listen, I, I think you know this. Pop Smoke, right? Yeah. I used to like him a lot. I love right? Pop Smoke. Young guy, successful. He had the whole world. I know. And World he, of talent. And he lost his life. So 
what is it worth that, you know, and some, I heard different people say, oh, he went out like a man. I mean, it's easy for you to say because it's not your life. What? Like a man. There is no dignity of getting killed at a young age yeah. and full of money and talent. And it ain't even the money. It's his life. Forget yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I try to be, you know, with good advice to people because I know the street. You know, I tell people all the time, you want to walk in, at, at 3 o'clock in the morning by yourself? You could do it 100 times. Probably nothing happened. Yeah. But do it 101 times and it happens. So why are you doing that? Get get in an Uber. What point did you understand the value of, like, life? I understood the value of life when I say to you, and you've heard me say this, Frankie Berg's dead, Angel Costelli's dead, Fat Angelo's dead, the Pittman brothers are dead, Joe Kane's dead, right? Uh, Angel Costelli's dead. I could go Mikey Merlo's dead, Billy Stream, And I go through names like this, dead, 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 dead. Killed, OD'd, my daughter's dead from a different reason, from being murdered from fentanyl. Death after death after death. So in life, it goes like this. Mm -hmm. You walk out of your house and you drive 100 miles an hour, you can lose your life. So as a kid, we don't think. As I got older and I've been around so much death, I try to give good advice. If you go 100, and if you do it real quick with math, or you go 70, and you drive an hour, you're probably going to get there three and a half minutes sooner. So why are you driving 100? Yeah. I know because you're a kid. You don't think. That's why. And the thrill and, that, and all that. And that three and a half minutes ain't worth it. Three and a half minutes you just lost your life for. Yeah. Or you might take somebody else's life. Yeah. Like I tell my kids or my family, forget about ourselves. How about another car? Yeah, God forbid a lady's driving with her children. And, you know, it's one thing I killed gangsters and I can't live with that. But it's another thing by mistake, killing no, no. an innocent person, and especially a child. Yeah, because that I don't think you live with. Yeah, No, you're not going to live well with that at all. Well, another... Uh, I'm really loving these shows. Yeah, I like the, the, the subject of, of... Really, because I understand death more than anybody. In prisons, on the street, I understand. Well, and, and that's why I brought up, especially with females, because I've seen... And I've known people that lost their kids. Like, and it was a case a couple of years back in Howard Beach with a fireman that used to jog with his daughter and his daughter was raped and killed. And it's such a terrible thing. Beautiful girl just lost her life because she was exercising. Yeah. You know, and people say, well, what'd she do wrong? She didn't do anything wrong. It's not her. It's crazy people. Yeah. It's, you know, that she's a, a, a beautiful girl wearing a sh short shorts and a half shirt and... Just and she's and there's to work nothing out. wrong with anybody looking at it for yeah. a beauty because it's a, a positive. But the the nutty people aren't going to look for the positive. They're looking uh, to to become a predator. Yeah. And there's too many of them. Yeah, I think you know, and that's this is what I think people are um, enjoying about the show is you know I think there's a lot of philosophical. Um, and psychological debates that at the end of the day, you and I agree, like you and I agree on most things. I think that what's cool about this show is um, we have, we can agree, but the way that we come at that agreement is from different angles, right? My generation and especially like this new tech age, like I understand it well, you're from a, a different generation. Um, and, you know, I hope that people can see 
the different philosophies that are similar but different, right? Um, and yeah, I think it's. Uh, I love be- hearing your perspective because I right. know your perspective is my kids' perspective and all their friends. And I say this all the time. You know, when I'm talking to somebody, a lot of these people are going to relate. They're not going to relate to what I have to say because they're mm-hmm. not from where I came from. But they're going to relate to what where you come from. And the good thing about us is it's like a father-son relationship where I really, you know, people think somebody's older, so he's got to be wiser because of experience. That's not true. You know, I interviewed a guy, and he was talking about his son who's just, I think they got to show up today, actually, from couple of weeks ago. And he says, I've apologized to my son numerous occasions, which was really nice of him to say, because just because you're older or you're his father, my son, Johnny and Matt, when I talk to them, my son, Jimmy, I'm wrong a lot of times. And then they say, dad, and they explain, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You know, so it's the truth is I don't have the perspective of your generation. And a lot of things that you say to me makes me think about, you know what, even though I say something and I agree with you, maybe I'm not saying it where they understand. And that's the, that's the part that I try to get people to understand. And that I think and on, that's why I know that and that's why you and I connect on a fundamental level is because the values and the morals are all the same, right? It's just sometimes the way that we speak is different, but that's okay. Like that's, and that's why people like listening to us you know, banter and have our dynamic is because uh, you're taking one individual with one life and another individual with another life, completely different paths, different everything, and having conversation. I think that's why people like this show. Um, but that's that's all for today on this one. Um, Quick hello to Adam Esposito and, and you guys and Charlie and uh, Steve, you guys. And, the, and these are guys also that help me stay on par on, on course. What, what we do with our show, too. Good. Um, big shout out to those individuals. Um, thank you so much for watching. If you didn't hear the beginning, make sure you subscribe, like all that good stuff. Um, we're going to be pushing out content a lot. TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram reels. Um, we're back. We're better than ever. And uh, we'll see you guys next time.